Welcome back to another episode on What the Autism. This podcast is for anyone who is struggling with understanding what autism is and how we can better empower our autism community through research-proven methods. In each episode, I'll be sharing with you groundbreaking research and how the diagnosis of autism can often be misunderstood. If you're a new listener to our podcast, I highly recommend you start from episode one to catch up to speed on various terminology and concepts. Now let's get started. On today's episode, we'll be talking about functions of behavior and how to understand and identify them. So when I say functions, what do I mean? Everyone engages in specific behaviors for a specific reason. Your child is engaging in an undesirable behavior because it meets a specific need for them. Getting to understand the why of every behavior may be necessary in order to figure out how we're going to replace those unwanted behaviors with more socially appropriate behaviors. But first thing first, let's identify the four main functions of behavior. First, escape. Second, access to something or someone, what we call access to tangible. Third, seeking attention. And fourth, automatic, which are basically behaviors that you engage in because of a specific internal sensation or feeling you get when you engage in this behavior. So let's start off with some easy examples that may be applicable to you as an adult. Let's say you wake up this morning and you remember that you have a long meeting scheduled at work. You think it's completely pointless going to these meetings and it's a waste of time. So you decide to call in a a sick day at work. So what's the function of this behavior? Escape. You call into work sick because you wanted to escape from the task that's at hand. Another example. Let's say you're at a social gathering, pre-COVID days of course, and you see a lady or a gentleman that you think is gorgeous. Naturally, a lot of us get exponentially louder in these situations, so you start laughing really loudly with your friends nearby and start making jokes and exhibit in um, large body movements. So what's the function of this behavior? Attention. You want to gain the attention of another person, so you start engaging in loud laughing and in large body movements and so on and so forth. Another example, let's say there's a new iPhone that's scheduled to be, re- um, to be released in stores tomorrow. You've been wanting this new iPhone for months now, and you've saved a bit of allowance and pocket money to purchase this expensive electronic. You go to the Apple store, and you wait in line six hours before the store opens. What's the function of this behavior? It would be access to tangible. You want your hands on the new iPhone. To get to you getting your hands on this new device is worth you waiting in line for six hours to be the first owner of or to be one of the first owners of this new iPhone. Lastly, let's um, say that you have a big headache while you're sitting at your desk. You pinch your nose bridge, you dig your index fingers into your temples. Usually when you do this, it temporarily relieves the headache. So what's the function? Automatic. It's an internal sensation that you get when you press onto your temples or on your nose bridge, and it immediately alleviates that pain or that headache that you have. So that would be the automatic function. So now that we've gone over the four main functions of behavior and examples of everyday behaviors that we engage in that has these four functions, I want to challenge you guys to start evaluating your everyday behaviors and the behaviors of those around you and identify what the function of those behaviors are. This is really going to be a great practice or way of practicing um, easily how to identify the functions of behaviors and in return, this is going to kind of help you um, start navigating through what the appropriate intervention would be 
um, in order to decrease or increase specific behaviors. Um, but I want to remind you guys that a behavior is only a behavior when it meets these two criteria. Number one, the action is measurable and observable. And number two, it passes the dead man's test. Um, these are things that we reviewed in last week in episode six, so make sure you take a listen if you missed last week's episode. So let's start talking about autism. How does the identification of the functions of behavior help in treating those with the autism diagnosis? When children engage in socially inappropriate behaviors, such as aggression and self-injurious behaviors, if we don't understand why the child is engaging in these behaviors, which are the functions of behavior, we can't properly treat the behavior. And this is going to result in a treatment program that will never get to the root of the problem. I want to introduce you to a research article that was published back in 2018 titled The Big Four. The purpose of this article is to suggest that by adding prevention practices to early intervention guidelines for problem behavior, this would increase the effectiveness of a treatment. The article talks about how understanding the core functions that produce problem behavior teaches us how to arrange environments and how to teach skills that would prevent problems from occurring from the start. I'll go ahead and link the study on our Facebook page, but it's extremely important that we focus on the reason why a child is engaging in a specific behavior rather than how the child is engaging in the behavior. Last week, we went over the ABCs of ABA, antecedent, behavior, and consequences. Quickly identifying the ABCs of any situation or behavior will typically help you identify the function of the behavior itself. So let's go over an example of what this might look like. Let's say it's dinner time and your child hates eating steamed broccoli. You tell your child that they can't leave the dinner table until they finish everything that's on the plate, and that's including the broccoli. The child cries and whines at the dinner table because they want to leave. You ignore the behavior as you're finishing up your own dinner. The child continues to tantrum until they throw the broccoli all over the dining room floor while accidentally knocking over their cup of juice. This creates a huge mess in the dining room, and you're worried that the mess is going to stain the floor, so you immediately remove your child from the table so you can clean up the mess from the floor. Your child now stops crying, is now giggling, running around his toys. Now let's run through, let's first run through the ABC, then identify the function of the behavior, which will then um, tell us the appropriate intervention to ensure that this doesn't become a daily battle. Before we identify the ABC, because this is a longer, um, let me just tell you that because this is a longer chain of behaviors, we're going to run through multiple ABCs for this specific scenario. So first, the antecedent. What happened before the behavior? So the antecedent being you tell your child that they can't leave the dinner table until they finish everything that's on their plate. What's the behavior? The child tantrums and whines. What's the consequence? So you ignore the behavior and you continue eating. Now the, um, the consequence of you um, ignoring your child's behavior will serve as a new antecedent for the next chain. So the next chain of ABC being antecedent, you ignore your child's behavior and you continue eating your dinner. So the behavior is the child continues to tantrum and throws the broccoli all over the floor. The consequence being the child is removed from the situation and the child is no longer expected to consume the broccoli, so the child stops crying. From the chain of ABCs that we identified in this whole broccoli resisting scenario, what's the function of the behavior? And I hope you guessed escape. Yes, the child started throwing the broccoli because they wanted to get out of eating the broccoli. So now that we have identified that the child is tantruming and whining for escape, 
what would be the proper intervention, and how do you deal with these types of situations? In ABA, there's a procedure that we call extinction. Extinction refers to a procedure where reinforcement that's being provided for problem behavior is being withheld and discontinued and stopped in order to decrease or eliminate occurrences of these types of inappropriate behaviors in the future. So in this broccoli situation, what we want to implement is what we call escape extinction. This means that in order to eliminate situations where this child engages in tantrums and whining to get out of eating broccoli in the future, we prevent the child from escaping from eating the broccoli. Depending on what happens in this um, scenario will slightly change the intervention, but for the simplicity of, um, of the analysis, the first priority is that we ensure that the child doesn't get out of eating the broccoli. If you need to remove the child in order to prevent any dangerous situations and things like that, you can remove the child from the environment, but never remove them from the task. In order to have a successful intervention, we also need to include what we call antecedent modifications, which are modifications that we make to the environment to help support the child in having as many opportunities to engage in the desirable behavior rather than engaging in the inappropriate behavior. There's a long list of different antecedent modifications that you can use, but we'll save that for another episode. Um, if you have any immediate questions that you need answers to or you need assistance on, feel free to email me at whatthautismpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also reach out to me on our Facebook page or our Instagram account, and I can help you answer some of those specific questions. Um, but going back to this whole broccoli situation, in the scenario, the mom removed the child because the child flipped over um, their juice and made a mess and threw the broccoli, and now the child is playing with their toys. So based on this scenario, what do you think is going to happen the next time the mom presents the steamed broccoli? It's very obvious, right? The child's going to engage in the same behavior. They're going to whine, they're going to tantrum, and they're going to throw the broccoli until they create a mess and the, and the child is now removed from the situation. So in future um, dinner situations where the child now has to face eating the broccoli, this is a behavior that's going to repeatedly happen until there's an intervention in place. Let's go over another example to help paint a clearer picture for everyone. So let's say Johnny punches his dad with a closed fist. That's an inappropriate behavior, right? Um, does Johnny hit his dad because he wants to leave his grandparents' house and go home? Does he hit his dad so he can get access to his iPad? Does he hit his dad to gain his um, to gain some more attention from him? Does he hit his dad because of the sensation he gets when he punches his dad's arm? Even though the act of Johnny punching his dad may look the same, this single behavior could serve different functions depending on what the problem or what the issue is. So for all our parents that are still wrestling with this concept, it's it's very tricky. Um, it does take some time and practice um, and some observations to really get comfortable with identifying the function of behaviors. But if we if we have anyone that's um, still wrestling with this concept, um, I'm going to be posting on our Facebook page a PDF um, handout that I've created to help you break down the ABCs and identify the functions of your child's behavior. If you don't have access to social media platforms like Instagram or or Facebook, feel free to email us um, for access to this PDF handout and I can directly email it to you. Um, But please note that this is really, even though this is a, a really great practice, you should still consult a BCBA on the appropriate intervention methods, um, depending on your, your child specific needs.
But for all our listeners, I challenge everyone to try filling out this worksheet or handout um, for any behaviors that you want to decrease or eliminate for yourself, for your child, or anyone in your life. Um, but if you have any questions on this worksheet or if you're looking for some guidance on your analysis and would like a quick consultation, feel free to reach us, um, reach out to me via email, Instagram, and or Facebook. But this concludes another episode here at What the Autism. Next week on episode 8, we'll be talking about reinforcement versus punishment procedures and the best method of intervention for your child. We upload a new episode on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. If you have any questions on today's episode and you have any recommendations for future topics and discussion, please feel free to email us at whattheautismpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at whattheautism for any helpful resources and updates in regards to our discussion topics. And please note that this podcast has been created to discuss my personal experiences and opinions and is not a means of medical or psychological recommendations. But if you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast channel and I'll see you in episode eight.